You're listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast, where you'll hear the stories and interviews of everyday millionaires. We'll unveil their decisions, their strategies, and their current portfolio allocation. Now to your hosts, Clark Sheffield and Jace Mattinson. Welcome to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast. This is episode 66. On last week's episode, we talked to Joe from Stacking Benjamins. We discussed all sorts of things related to personal finance. We talked to Joe about the state of personal finance and various things that people can do with their money to win with their money. We also talked to Joe about his show, Stacking Benjamins and Money in the Morning. So if you're interested in that and love it to get Joe in a different light, go check out last week's episode. In next week's episode, we're going to feature Keith. Keith has a net worth of $12.6 million. Good chunk of that is in a small business. Bunch of it is in real estate uh, and the rest is in cash. Keith's got an interesting story as a small business owner. We dive into all sorts of details on how he has become a DECA millionaire. Got a ton of new listeners, and we just kind of want to give a little background on the show, kind of catch some of those new listeners up to speed. The show, Millionaires Unveiled, basically hatched out of conversation Clark and I had a long, long time ago. And basically what we what we do is we unveil the stories and strategies of everyday millionaires. We take a deep dive into their portfolio, look at how they invest, look at where they put their money, how they made their money. And we kind of tell their story, you know, and, and to date we've interviewed all sorts of, of income levels, all sorts of professional levels, uh, you know, anything from a custodian and a plumber to a physician, various blue collar, white collar, single mom, teachers, and everything in between, small business owners. We've got several, several upcoming interviews with people in all sorts of industries as well. So that's kind of give you a little bit of background. We appreciate you tuning into the show. If you're liking the show, check out iTunes. Let us leave us a review and give us a rating. We really appreciate it. It helps kind of get the word out and continue to, to build the audience. Also, if you'd like to be on the show, send us an email at millionairesunveiled at gmail.com and we'll set up a time to uh, get on a, get on a call together. Also, we've got several opportunities in the multifamily investing space. That is for accredited investors. So if you're interested, send us an email again at millionairesunveiled at gmail.com and we'll get a call set up and, and move on from there. On this week's episode, we are featuring Mark and Mark's got a net worth of 1.7 million. That is a paid for house bunch in cash and a bunch in some retirement accounts as well as some websites. And Mark's career path is very interesting. Typically, we'll build a website and take some income from it and then eventually sell it. So we did into that discussion with him, why he decided to pay off his house and a bunch of other things that, that are very interesting on Mark's journey to becoming a millionaire. So without further ado, let's get right into the show with Mark. Mark, do you want to just give us a little about your background and what you're up to now? First of all, I'm 39 years old. I live in Pennsylvania. I have been self-employed for the past 10 years, working on my own websites, doing blogging, and um, just managing basically small websites. I, I don't have any employees. I just worked on my own. I do outsource some stuff to freelancers, um, but I've mostly just worked on my own from home and um, built and managed my own websites. I've sold some different websites, which I think we'll probably get into here. Yeah, so I've had websites in a few different industries like web design, photography, travel, got a finance site now. So it's pretty much just been, you know, me 
building my own websites and occasionally selling them off. Wow. And what is your net worth today? It's currently about $1.7 million. And how is that broken up? About 400000 is in our home. Roughly about, about a million is probably uh, invested with Vanguard, and which that, that includes retirement accounts and some non-retirement accounts. Right now, we have probably about 200000 in money market accounts. That's definitely higher than usual. Uh, we do keep a little bit more in you know, money markets or savings accounts than most people do because my income is so up and down. The main reason we have more in there right now is because I just sold a website recently and I uh, just haven't figured out what to do with that money yet. So it's just kind of sitting in there. Um, and then we have about 100000 in a few different random investments. We have um, some with the REIT and some different savings accounts that we have for different purposes, like uh, for traveling, for cars and stuff like that. Wow, that's awesome. So is your home paid for? It is, yeah. Um, we moved two years ago and our previous house, we had paid off the mortgage two years before we moved. So four years ago, we paid off our mortgage. It was um, We lived in that house for four years. We weren't planning to pay it off early, but then we did. And then when we, we, so we lived in that house for two years without a mortgage. We kind of got used to it. So when we were looking to move, we just decided we didn't really want to go back to having a mortgage. So we did buy, buy the house with cash. Wow. And, and how, how is that decision kind of made to go ahead and buy the house with cash and not get a mortgage or maybe not even get a bigger house when you had that much cash to put down on a house? Well, we did get a, a more expensive and a bigger house than what we had before. So, um, wasn't, you know, I mean, we obviously could have gone a little bigger if we wanted to, but what we have now is more than enough for our family. So the decision really, I mean, going back four years ago to when we paid off the mortgage on our previous house, um, like I said before, we, we hadn't ri- originally planned to pay it off. Our plan was to, you know, save and invest and, you know, just deal with the 30 year mortgage. It was a low interest rate. I don't remember exactly what it was, but probably something like 4% or something like that. And, um, you know, we, we hadn't planned, we hadn't been paying extra, you know, like every month we just made the normal payments. And, um, we got to a point where we had, we felt pretty good about our retirement savings and we had some money coming in from, a website sale. And so we just kind of looked at the numbers and realized, you know, we should probably just go ahead and pay it off because since we had kids almost six years ago, my wife has been a stay at home mom. So it's just my income. And with my income being up and down, uh, we just felt better, uh, you know, gave us a little bit more peace and a little bit less stress knowing that there's no mortgage to be paid, even if my income is down. So that was four years ago when we decided to pay that mortgage off. And then two years ago when we moved, it was just, you know, like I said, we just had been used to it and we didn't really want to go back to a mortgage payment. So just decided to um, to buy a house that we could afford with cash. Wow. So are those the two houses that you bought or have you moved more than that? Uh, we had a condo before that. Okay. Gotcha. So at what age did you hit your first million? 37, just two years ago. Wow. So you've gone 37 to, to be a millionaire to 1.7 in, in just two years later. So $700,000 in two years, pretty quick. Yeah, it was through, um, in those two years, we had um, an Amazon FBA business that my wife and I did together that we sold. And I sold a website this year. So a lot of it's come from that. So you're pretty unique in 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 the sense of selling off all these websites, right? We've interviewed several bloggers and several people that are in, you know, the fire community and, and blogging about their journeys and, and other bloggers that, but not many people have sold their websites and continue to sell. So how many websites have you sold? I think I've had six sales, but two of them were like under $10,000 were just sites that I wanted to, um, to get rid of basically free up some time. 
I had one for fifty thousand dollars back in two thousand ten. I had one for five hundred thousand in two thousand thirteen. Another for five hundred thousand in two thousand sixteen. And then my wife and I had the Amazon business in 2017. That was 225000 And then I just had one this year in August of 2018 for um, $216,000. Wow. So your range is, is fifty to 500000 So And, and you kind of hit, you talked about briefly at the beginning that you hit on different niches. So, you know, web, web design, travel, photography. How do you go about that? You kind of just find a niche, build up a website, and then start your next hobby? Or maybe talk about that process. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't do a ton of research um, to pick the right niche. Um, I kind of pick something that I want to work on. And the web design was was my first one. So that was kind of a part-time thing. And I was, you know, just looking to make some extra money. And it just kind of took off from there. But photography was something I chose because I wanted to learn more about it. something I enjoy working on. Um, same thing with travel. So, you know, that's one of the nice things about when you are able to work on a blog for a living is you can pick something that you want to do and it makes it a lot more enjoyable. Um, I have had some sites in the past that, you know, I picked the niche a little bit more strategically, like because of a lack of competition or I thought there was, you know, a good opportunity there. But those are the sites I've always lost interest in and I've never really done anything real successful with them. Um, so, I mean, I have a few sites floating around that, you know, I don't really do anything with that may make a very small income. In order for me to really keep an interest in the site, it has to be something that, you know, that I really enjoy doing. And those are the ones that I've had a little bit more success with. Awesome. So, so maybe go through the process of what you do. So, you, you, you know, you say you want to get into photography and, and then you just start learning and writing. And, and how do you drive traffic and how do you drive revenue? All of my sites, I've used a blog for traffic. So some of them were more traditional traditional blogs where you know the content was really the main focus of the sites. Some other ones I sold digital products on, and you know maybe that was the main focus of the site. Like if you go to the homepage, you might not even see anything about a blog. It's just you know promoting products. Um, but I've always used blogs for traffic, and I've used you know social social networks and Google search traffic to kind of drive traffic to the to blog, whether I was attempting to monetize it from display ads or affiliate links or selling my own products or membership. So I've always kind of taken a similar approach in terms of just using content to, to try to drive, drive traffic and then hopefully build an email list and use that email list then to uh, make sales and also continue to drive traffic. Sure. So what do blogs sell at? How do you value a blog or a website? Right now, it seems to be more of a, a seller's market than it had been in the past few years. The one that I just sold for 216000 I think I, it was about 36 times the monthly revenue over the past um, 12 months. So I think it was averaging, I'm sorry, not revenue profit. It was averaging about 6000 profit somewhere in that ballpark per month over 12 months and sold for 216,000. I think it comes out to a little bit just under like uh, 36 months. I went through a broker with that one and, you know, that was pretty much the target price. And, uh, you know, it's what I was told that, you know, content based sites right now are typically are going for around 36 times average monthly profit for the past 12 months. Some of the sites I've sold in the past, actually, actually that's the best multiple that I've ever gotten for a sale. Um, some of the others have been, you know, between 20 to 30 times average monthly profit. But, you know, obviously it really just depends on what the buyer is willing to pay. And right now it seems like there's a little bit more interest from buyers. 
So how do you find a buyer? Who the heck is buying these things? Uh, well, most recently I went through a broker. And so, you know, through the broker contacts, they listed it. People responded and got it sold. So I didn't, I wasn't really involved in finding um, a buyer there. The other sites I sold in the past, for the most part, it's been people through my network, you know. So as you're running a blog for a few years, you get to know other bloggers in the network. You get to know some people who advertise on blogs. You get to, you know, you get connected with a lot of different people. Some of those people have bought other sites in the past. So when I've been looking to sell, my typical approach is to, you know, think of anyone that's well connected that I know in the, in the industry, reach out to them and just say, Hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking of selling. If you know of somebody that might be interested, let me know. And, um, that's worked well for me in the past. It, it's led to some interest. Although, like I said, I, I didn't get as much as high a multiple on those sales. Um, uh, my recent experience with the broker has made me think maybe I should have listed with a broker with some of my past, my sites in the past, the, the bigger sales, uh, I don't know, you know, what I could have gotten for them. Maybe it wouldn't have been any better, but maybe it would. So really, for me, it's just been thinking about who might be interested. If I know someone has bought other sites in the niche, I'm definitely going to contact them. And that's usually the people I've sold to. Um, they have owned multiple sites, multiple blogs in, in the niche. Those are the people who usually are the most interested and are not afraid to buy a site because they've done it before. They know how to go through the process and um, how to get cash if they if they need it. Other than that, you know, I've, I have contacted people who have been advertisers on my sites before and I've gotten some interest. Those have led to some lower offers, advertisers who would be interested in taking over the blog and then just, you know, advertising their product or service more. So I have gotten interest that way, but it's never led to a sale. It's like I said, it's been lower, lower offers that way. Gotcha. So let's dive into your investments here. You have about a million dollars in equities or, you know, 1.2, I guess, if, you, if you're if you 1.3, rather, if you count your money market and, and some of the money you have invested in REITs. So maybe break out those investments for us. Uh, the stuff with Vanguard is pretty simple stuff. It's, it's mostly some index funds and uh, some target retirement funds. Gotcha. So just going back here, when you were talking about uh, selling the website and, and finding buyers and working with a broker, you talked a lot about using people in your network. So what role has has network played in your success maybe beyond just selling a blog or do you do you have a you know a mastermind group? Do you have coaches? How have that do you do any of that? Does it push you? I have never been a part of a mastermind group and I've never done any kind of coaching. Um never had any coaching. But networking has definitely been has been big for me, uh, even going back to the start when I was still working part-time on my business when I still had a full-time job. That first site that I had success with was um, was a web design blog, and I got to know other people who had other had their own web design blogs, and a lot of them were just starting out around the same time that I was. And uh, so, you know, we were all looking to, to make connections, and, um, you know, you could look at other bloggers as competition or, you know, you can help each other out. And I made, you know, maybe three or four really good contacts, people that I would talk to by email pretty frequently. You know, we would email each other questions. We would help each other out with social networking and stuff, guest posts and, and link to each other when uh, when it was possible. You know, those connections were huge. And, and in all of those three, four people that I was pretty close with all had good success. Um, you know, our blogs all kind of grew maybe a little bit at different paces, but we all got to the point that we wanted to. And uh, we were all, you know, brand new when we started. So so that that was big 
in the photography niche, I didn't really get as well connected as I should have. And, um, you know, I, I wish I would have, uh, I've done that a little bit more, but part of the reason that I didn't do more networking, I, and I did have some connections, but not as strong as I had in the web design niche, but I'm not a professional photographer. And, uh, so part of it is, uh, just a lack of confidence, I think, and, you know, reaching out to guys who are, you know, like I had successful sites, but I wasn't at the level of skill and that, that some of these guys were. And, um, you know, so I, I think that was a little bit of a barrier. Since I started my finance blog this year, I've been working to get more connected and um, to build up a network. And it's definitely been been a really good experience and uh, definitely starting to uh, starting to get some some good connections there. You know, Mark, would you ever invest some of the cash that you have or cash at all in buying a site from somebody else? Or are you kind of more, hey, I'm going to go ground up. I'm going to invest as little cash as possible to get something off the ground and grow it. I have never bought a website. I did actually try to once. It wasn't wouldn't have been a big purchase. I think I offered somewhere around like thirty thousand for um, a photography blog that uh, from a guy that I knew, um, but I got outbid. So I've never actually bought a site. I definitely would, I, and I'm interested in it. I would definitely start small, though. I mean, I know the people that have bought my sites for like five hundred thousand. I I couldn't do that, especially not without experience. Um, I'd want to make sure, you know, I knew what I was, what I was getting myself into. I like to know the history of my site. If I started it from scratch, I know everything, you know, looking at sites on marketplaces or, you know, sites that are listed from brokers, you just don't know the history and, you know, you can do due diligence and research and stuff, but I just feel more comfortable starting from scratch. Plus I kind of like the early stages Although, to be honest, right now I'm basically starting over because I sold my site earlier this year. And uh, the older I get and the more I've been doing it, the less I really enjoy starting from scratch. And I'm kind of thinking, like, I hope I don't have to do this again anytime soon. So, yeah, I definitely would consider it. I've thought about investing something like twenty, thirty thousand 30000 in, like, a smaller site just to kind of get experience with it and make sure I know what I'm doing before I would ever try anything big. I don't, I don't see myself doing anything too big. Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely invest in smaller smaller sites. What does your day-to-day look like as you're starting a site and kind of growing a site and getting it off the ground? And about how long does it kind of take in your eyes to kind of get off the ground that it's generating some sort of consistent revenue or income for you? It's typically been about a year for me in the past, but you know, at the end of a year, that's it's generating some consistent revenue. It's not like, you know, 10,000 plus a month or anything like that. I mean, that is possible when people have done it, but from my experience, it's with my own sites, I haven't gotten to that point. So typically, you know, the early days, the, the day-to-day stuff, it's a lot of it is focusing on getting the right content on the site, getting, you know, like a solid foundation, a solid base of content on the blog. And a lot of networking, connect, connecting with other bloggers, um, sometimes that might be doing guest posts or, um, you know, in this case, doing podcasts, interviews, connecting on social media, whatever, just trying to um, to get connected and, and get some links out there to get people to start to click through to your site and, you know, just try to start to get the, the ball rolling a little bit. So it's, it's really a lot during the early stages for me. It's a lot more time off the blog um, in terms of, you know, working on other things. And then as the site matures and you start to get more consistent traffic and you have to work less to get that traffic. 
then my focus goes more to my own site and I don't really worry about, you know, doing stuff at other sites or, you know, trying to drive traffic. It's just focusing on my own content and then, you know, creating products to sell or, or working on, um, you know, affiliate promotions or whatever it is to, to drive revenue. Awesome. On the, on the day to day, are you creating content, you know, I don't know, four or five hours of the day and then spending time, the rest of the time marketing, or is it kind of more fluid in terms of what you're doing, you know, on the day to day to kind of get a site off the ground and grow it? It's, it's kind of more fluid, but I'd say, you know, on a new site, I'm, I'm probably spending at least half of my time on content, whether that's content for my own blog or content for another blog, like in terms of a guest post or something. I don't do a ton of blogger outreach. Like, um, I don't, you know, know how familiar you are with, with the blogging industry, but, you know, a lot of people will write their content and then say, you know, you got to spend so many hours promoting this content, going out and finding people to email, uh, you know, asking for a link, asking for social media shares and stuff. And I don't do nearly that much of that sort of thing. Um, I just don't enjoy it. And, if it's going to make me miserable, I'd rather just have a normal job. So, you know, I kind of try to do it my own way. And uh, I, I definitely spend more time, you know, connecting with people and, and trying to get links early on. But it's not necessarily like real aggressive link building. Like my approach to getting links might include, um, you know, connecting with people and then the links kind of happen on their own. And, you know, in certain situations, I might request a link, but that's not, you know, not real common. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So you've built up a, a sizable net worth. You've done this several times now. Where do you kind of go from here? Well, right now I'm, you know, kind of just trying to start the process again. That's that's a thing with um, my basically my business model of building websites and selling them is you have to start over, and that part of it kind of sucks to be honest. And, you know, so that's where I am now, basically trying to duplicate the same thing um, with other websites and. You know, my approach to to getting where I want to be is basically, you know, I've never attempted to have a huge, overly successful website. Like, I've sold two sites for $500,000 and, you know, that's a nice chunk of money, but it's not a ridiculously successful website. It's not, you know, it's not anything unattainable. So I've never really attempted to have anything that's just, you know, huge. I basically try to get like a small win every couple of years. And, um, you know, if I have a few more in that ballpark, I think I'll be at the point where, you know, where I want to be. So that's kind of been my approach is just to, um, to try to have a few different small wins and, and, um, fairly low risk. I don't really do anything high risk and I, I don't aim ridiculously high either. So it, it's pretty crazy, right, Mark? You're about 1.5, give or take, of your net worth has come from building up websites and selling it, right? I mean, it's virtually how you've become a millionaire. So how do you know when to sell? How do you uh, know, hey, this is this is the time or, or, you know, why not keep building it and sell later yeah. on? Or how do you know when? It's kind of a combination of things. For me, I, I don't, I try not to sell too soon because Obviously, the, the majority of the work that you put in is in the first couple of years. Um, you're working a ton and not getting as much income from it. And then as it grows and as you have to spend less time trying to get traffic to the site, you can scale back. Like, for example, that, that first site that I sold for 500000 I worked on it full time for a few years and, and the site did pretty well. I mean, I was making over 100000 a year. But then the last year I had it, I scaled back all the way to like 20 hours a week and my income doubled. So it's just that, you know, at that point, the site was 
pretty much running itself in terms of traffic. I didn't do anything to try to get traffic. All I had to do was put content on the site. And um, I also sold some products. So I had to create products and, uh, and, you know, do a little bit of customer service. But I stay away from the types of products that are very high in customer service. I try not to sell too soon. That one got to a point where I felt like, you know, you kind of have to weigh, you have a risk whether you sell or, or whether you hold. If you hold on to it, you risk income dropping and then the value of the site drops and you can't sell it for what you could have sold it for in the past. If you sell it too soon, you risk missing out on, you know, future profits. So you really just have to weigh which risk feels greater to you at that time. And to me, it got to a point where, you know, my, my first site, I knew it had a value around 500000 I was actually hoping to get more. I was hoping to get around 600000 You know, we didn't have much of a net worth at that point. And um, that was a lot of money. So to me, it was like the risk of holding it was greater than the risk of selling it. You know, I didn't want to... I have friends who have lost a ton of money because they've held on to sites too long. And I didn't want that to happen. I'd been working on it for like five or six years. Another big factor for me is my interest level. If um, something else catches my interest and I have something else that I really want to work on and I need to free up time, that's been one of the main reasons I've sold in the past. Yeah, so it's really those things, just weighing the risk of selling versus the risk of holding on to it and also you know, my own interest level and just what I want to be working on. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the same as everything, right? Whether you're talking about real estate or, or a stock portfolio or a, a small business, right? When are you going to sell? You know, when do you keep building it? How do you know how far to go, et cetera, et cetera? But it's just often not something that's talked about with websites, but an interesting yeah. concept nonetheless. And I mean, I think it's a personal decision too. I mean, because for me, I felt comfortable with every sale I've made, and you know, I don't have second, I don't have any doubts or anything, second thoughts. But other people would have preferred to hold on to the site, you know, hire employees, outsource more, try to take it bigger and sell it for more down in, down the road. And who knows that, you know, that may be the better approach. But for me personally, that, you know, this has been what I want to do and I don't really want to have employees. I don't, I don't really want to take it too big. I, I also found like that first site when I was making like around 20,000 a month in profit, like it got stressful and I didn't, I didn't have any employees. I didn't really have, I had some freelancers that I outsourced stuff to, but if there was anything that had to be done, it, it fell on me, obviously. And when it got to that point, I felt like, you know, I'd been working for years. I got to, got to this point where I wanted to get to. And I just, I worried a lot about it, basically like crashing and burning. And, you know, it just wasn't fun. Yeah, like it's nice to to have a higher income and to have some success with the site. But for me personally, it got to a point where I it was more stressful than it was worth. And, and you know, I, I just worried too much about losing what I had built up before I was able to sell it. And so for me, it just made more sense to sell it, be done and move on to something else. Sure. I mean, it's an interesting concept, right? I mean, we can we could talk forever about it. I, w- I want to dive in though to your to the investment piece of it. So you mentioned before the show when we were chatting, you have a solo four hundred one k. Maybe talk a little bit about what that is for any listeners that don't know and and who qualifies for that and how it's set up. Yeah, so uh, my business structure is an LLC and I'm taxed as an S corp. So I I used to have a SEP IRA and I was advised that a four hundred one k would be better for me. And I'm not an accountant or a financial advisor, so I would my advice would be to talk to someone else because I know it does depend on your personal situation. It's not going to be right for everyone, but for me, it's worked out pretty well. I've had the um, the solo 401k for I think four or five years now, 
So I'm able to contribute. I think it's eighteen thousand five hundred is the um, is the maximum that you can contribute as an employee this year. And then you can also do um, the basically I'm the employer and the employee. Essentially, well, my business is the employer and I am the employee. So I can also contribute um, like an employer match. And there's limitations on how you can do that. It depends on, you know, it's a percentage of your profit, I believe, is, is what you can do. There's also like a profit sharing match that you can do. So basically my approach is uh, I contribute the max that I can do. So in this case, in this year, it's uh, 18500 And then towards the end of the year, like right now, I'm talking to my accountant and um, they're looking at the numbers to see what we can do as far as an employer match. So like this year, I may pay myself a bonus. And then I can, that bonus will allow me to put more into the 401k as, as a match. And I don't know the details of all how that works. <laughs> That's why I have an accountant. Um, <laughs> but it has been good for me. I know that the max that you can get, it, that you can contribute is like, it's like 50,000 something per year. But in order to do that, you have to have the profit to justify the percentage that you're allowed to contribute sure. over the, over the 18,500. Yeah, but for all our uh, small business owners and bloggers, the sole 401k is a useful investing tool. So before we dive into these uh, rapid-fire, millionaire rapid-fire questions, I want to ask about real estate. So you have, obviously, your paid-for primary home at about 400000 or so. How come you haven't invested in, in other real estate pieces, whether that's a, a second home, a rental property, a syndication, or, or whatever else? Basically, time. So I don't really have any interest in being a landlord. So if I were to invest in rental property or something, I would want to get a property manager. So I don't want to be getting phone calls about plumbing leaks and you know anything like that. I don't want to be dealing with tenants not paying on time. Um, so a lot of it's just the time. I don't really want to put that into it. My wife and I did have interest in, in rental properties when we were younger. And I would potentially have an interest in it. If I did it, I'd want to do more than just like one or two properties. I'd want to have like, you know, 10 or more properties where it made sense to, to have a property manager and, uh, and do it on a little bit of a bigger scale. Um, so it is something that we'd consider for the future, but a lot of it now, you know, it's, I've just kind of stuck to what I know. And, um, I am to the point now where I'm starting to to branch out and to try to look into some other options. Like you asked earlier when I hit the one million dollar mark and that was just two years ago so you know just a handful of years ago i really didn't have that much to invest and so we were just kind of putting it into simple things like index funds and and uh stuff with vanguard and we've just kind of stuck with that and haven't really taken the time to um to really look into the other options and to be honest that's one of the reasons that i started a finance blog earlier this year was because um i've always found that the things that i cover on my blog. Uh, running a blog is a great way to learn. So I have learned things over the years. Um, I'm pretty good with managing money and with saving money and making money online. Um, investing, you know, I know the basics of, but it's definitely not my strength. And it's one thing I would like to learn more about. And so that's one of the reasons I started the finance blog is to, um, to kind of to immerse myself in it a little bit more and, and get more familiar with stuff. Yeah, that's neat. So you kind of pick something that, that you want to learn more about and, and, while you're doing that, you can you can build up your business and build up your income. Yep. So let's dive into these millionaire rapid fire questions. So the first one, most expensive pair of jeans or pants that you've ever purchased? Probably forty dollars. Okay, most expensive shoes? A hundred dollars, but that was like twenty years ago. Like basketball shoes for high school. 
Uh, (laughs) Now, I mean, I wouldn't want to pay over $50 for a pair of shoes. The most expensive car? $18,000. Okay, most expensive meal out that you've paid for? Probably under $200, but that would have been for a number of people. Okay, and what item or items or experiences are worth spending more money on to you? A uh, couple things. I would say travel and, and um, you know, just activities with family. I have two young kids, so um, my daughter's five, my son's three. So we actually haven't spent a lot of money traveling. Part of that is because traveling with young kids is kind of a pain in the butt. But fortunately, they're getting to the point where we can travel a little bit more and you don't have to worry so much about nap times and, you know, eating and schedules and all that stuff. They're a little bit more flexible now. So we do plan to to take a little bit more family vacations. And when we travel, we still keep it pretty reasonable. But I would definitely say, you know, anything with with the family is um, is one area where I'm willing to spend a little bit more on. And also our house. We did upgrade our house two years ago and um, we do have some things we'd like to do to the house um, in terms of renovations and landscaping and stuff. And I'm a little bit more willing to spend money there. Gotcha. Well, what was your high school and and college GPA? High school, 3.3, college 3.6. Okay. What's your predicted retirement age and and net worth at retirement, if you had to guess now? Uh, My goal is 55, which would be, well, 55, 56 would be um, when my son graduates high school. Range hoping to be somewhere between like three to five million, ideally. Okay. And what's been be interesting for you, a uh, range of, of household income through your working life? <laughs> 22000 to uh, it's My regular income from my websites has been like, my highest has been like two, two, 250000 a year, but including sales, like the sale of a website, it's been between five and 600000 So anywhere from like 22000 to like 500000 that's awesome. So what what kind of advice would you give somebody who's just starting out? Maybe they want to get into websites or they want to get into investing money from the sale of a, of a business or some sort of liquidity event. What would you tell them to do? I mean, the biggest thing for, for building an online business, from my experience, has just been sticking with it. I think a lot of people get into it and, and get discouraged because it takes longer than they think and um, give up. And, you know, part of the, the thing with that is that with blogging and online business, there's a very low barrier to entry. So it's very easy to get started. And I'm not sure if that, you know, makes people think that it's everything's going to be easy. If you, you know, start a traditional business, you have to jump through a lot of hoops and invest a lot of money, well, more money than you'd have to do to start an online business. So I think people have a little bit more of a longer term focus. So, you know, the biggest thing is just sticking with it and continuing to learn, continuing to adapt, realizing that. You know, you'll get more experience, you'll get more knowledge as you go. Yeah, just out of curiosity for our listeners, what, what does it cost you to, to essentially start an online business? I mean, how much money are you investing into starting a website or starting a blog? Like right at the beginning? Yeah. Next to nothing, just web hosting, which, you know, pay a couple hundred dollars for a year. Um, you know, you know, you can do that for 10 bucks a month if you want to or less. Um, domain name. And I use like a, a WordPress theme for like less than a hundred bucks and that's it to get started. And then you end up plugging any more money in later? Yeah, but I, I've i always kept expenses pretty low. I mean, the biggest things is depending on how much I outsource. Like if I hire writers and I've hired designers. So some of the products I've sold in the past, I've, I've had designers create products because I've sold products of design 
graphic design and photography. So a lot of it's been like, you know, stuff that's in photo, like Photoshop files and that sort of thing. So I've outsourced design or coding, like web developers. But that sort of stuff, it's like, you know, I don't do that until I have the money there and, and it makes a lot of sense to do it. What mistakes have you made along the way in your in your journey as an entrepreneur and as an investor? Um, my, my biggest mistake, I'd say, was was waiting too long to start my own business. Um, my 20s were pretty much a complete waste financially. And it wasn't because I didn't try. I was, you know, I was just focused on finding the right job and, it, and I never really did find it. Um, I never really wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never really wanted to own my own business. Um, until I got frustrated with work and, you know, not being able to get ahead. I was working hard. Uh, I always had, you know, good reviews from my bosses. It just seemed like, you know, things just didn't work out. I didn't have, um, you know, anywhere to go. And so I just kind of got frustrated and said, you know, okay, I'm just going to, you know, try something on my own. And so I, I think, you know, if I look back at what I would have done earlier is start, you know, looking into my own business earlier rather than just looking for a job to, um, to find what I was looking for. You know, I was 20, 28, I guess, when I started my business. I was 30 when I, when I quit, when I quit my job. I had worked about a year and a half consistently from when I was like roughly like 28 and a half until I was 30. So I quit my job the week I turned 30. And that was just by chance. It wasn't like, you know, I hit this milestone and all of a sudden I'm going to walk away. But, um, yeah, so my, my, party. <laughs> yeah, my 20s were, you know, when, when I was at 30, I think my net worth was probably like, $50,000 or something like that. I mean, it was, you know, wow. very, very low. So the biggest mistake I made was definitely just, you know, waiting too long. And I wish I had, um, had taken a little bit more interest in, in doing my own thing. But at the same time, it was that frustration that had to build up to get me to the point that I was willing to take some risk and, um, you know, and put in that time. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Where can people get in touch with you or get a hold of you? So uh, my finance blog is vitaldollar.com and uh, there's a, a contact form on there. Um, you can email me through that. Um, that's, that's the best way. Good stuff, Mark, with a net worth of $1.7 Thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. It's been fun. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast with Clark Sheffield and Chase Mantinson. For more stories, investment opportunities, and information, check out our website at millionairesunveiled.com. See you next time when you'll hear from another everyday millionaire.